Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Beth Shaw is the founder and CEO of YogaFit, the world's largest yoga and mind-body school established in 1994. Beth's most recent book, Healing Trauma Through Yoga, reflects her own experience with healing and her personal philosophy of paying it forward through her nonprofit organization, YogaFit for Warriors, which focuses on veterans, first responders, and those affected by PTSD and trauma. Beth, first of all, I want to know, what was yoga like in the world back in 1994 when you founded YogaFit? Because I feel like it's come into its own um, probably since 1994. Do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, very few people were doing yoga other than I lived in Los Angeles. You know, obviously a lot of people were doing yoga there, but there were very few studios. Um, There were really very, very few teacher training schools, um, and you had to go in residence for them. And, you know, it was kind of like before Madonna even started yoga, so it wasn't trendy (laughs) at all. I like it. It's before Madonna and after. You either had jelly bracelets or you didn't. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, she really, um, along with Yoga Fit, really helped popularize yoga. How did you know then that Yoga Fit would be something that people could grasp? Because that's a big risk. Well, I just really saw a need in the market. Um, Personally, by my own experience of teaching yoga at health clubs and not having adequate training to be able to serve the fitness enthusiast, there was definitely a need in the market. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at trends within uh, fitness and health and wellness, and I just I saw what was coming, and I saw the need, and I filled the need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now do you feel like people are learning or or longing maybe to take the practice of yoga out of the studio and into other stressful situations, maybe like their home or their workplace? Definitely. I mean, let's face it. Every day we turn on the news, there's another shooting. Um, obviously, our political climate worldwide is fragile. Mm-hmm. And People really need to manage their stress. Yoga is one of the best ways to do it. People also need to manage their health because 80% of all adult disease is self-created. So you can imagine if we're practicing mindfulness, listening to our bodies, practicing yoga, meditation, we're really going to engage in healthier behavior and we're going to have less disease. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't want that? Yeah. Well, and I, for myself, feel like my own personal stress will make me less kind than I want to be. I I feel like I'm kind and then I'll get stressed out about something and then you snap, right, on the people you love or the people you work with. Do you have any tips for reducing stress? Um, You know, even a 10-minute meditation every day is great for reducing stress. I think just being aware of your triggers I mentioned a lot of this in my new book, Healing Trauma with Yoga. Mm -hmm. Being acutely aware of your triggers will help you avoid getting yourself into a situation where you are triggered. Um, You know, I know for me, if I haven't gotten enough sleep, if I've had too much coffee, if I haven't done a little meditation in the afternoon, um, if I'm running around too much, I'm very prone to being irritable and snapping. Um, 
And so just practicing that self-care is really important. Mm -hmm. So I can see kindness in the realm of self-care, but how does kindness also fit into the practice of yoga from your perspective? Well, I like to think of kindness as compassion and compassion for oneself. Um, I think that having a mindfulness practice makes you a more compassionate, authentic individual and that you can really see through to, um, you know, people's spirits and their soul and their energy. And it enables you to shift your own energy so that you're appearing kinder in the world in general, even if it's a simple interaction where you're, you know, purchasing something in a store and you can send someone positive energy. Uh, it's just, it, it's being more aware of self, I think, leads to more kindness and compassion in your behavior with others. Mm-hmm. And yoga leads to more awareness of self. Definitely does. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize that you needed to be intentional about reaching veterans and first responders and really helping people heal through yoga? Well, my father uh, was a veteran. Uh, he mm-hmm. was, you know, a war veteran and he was an alcoholic and he had severe PTSD. All of my bedtime stories growing up were war stories. Oh my! And, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but he was just self-medicating himself uh, because Back then, people weren't talking about PTSD. Um, They weren't talking about the ramifications of being in combat. So it's been kind of an ongoing process at Yoga Fit, in particular in the last 10 years, since we've had, you know, people coming back from the war in Iraq. And um, we've had several of our trainers who are uh, active military duty or married to service people and ended up, you know, getting divorced because their spouses came back and, and they were different and they were having nightmares and just being very snappy and reactive. Um, so, you know, it, it's touched a lot of lives personally at Yoga Fit. Obviously, it's touched my life uh, since childhood. And fortunately, we've got um, the person, Shay, who's a lieutenant army colonel. She uh, created the Warriors program, and since then, uh, we've had several of our professional trainers, you know, piggyback on that and add more programming for trauma, for PTSD, for stress, for first responders, um, and really for anyone who needs to enhance their mood on a daily basis, which I kind of think of all of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. There's not a single person out there who doesn't need to kind of just add a little joy into their day sometimes or every day. So Mm -hmm. that has to be really intentional these days. You have to intentionally Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, just this morning already, I've done a headstand for 10 minutes. I shined a a red light in my face. I did a half hour of cardio. Um, You know, there's many different tools and I'm still discovering different tools every day. I put a lot of them into the book, healing trauma with yoga uh, weighted blankets, red light therapy, inversions, clean eating, different supplements, natural supplements that you can take like saffron. Um, so, and I just, you know, I'm working with a device right now. It's kind of a portable device that um, it's almost like electric muscle stimulation for your brain. And you snap these electrodes on your temples and you use it for 20 minutes twice a day to get um, a boost of serotonin. So I'm always, you know, on the exploration, both for myself and the network to find 
more things that will contribute to positive mood. Mm -hmm. So what about for the average person today? Somebody who says, boy, I am not in shape to go exercise for 30 minutes. I cannot stand on my head. I don't know what a red light is. (laughs) What, What would you say today, right now, after listening to this podcast, our listeners should do to add mindfulness to their day? Uh, I would say just start start your day with 10 minutes of quiet contemplation and reflection. Maybe do a little mantra-based meditation or, you know, pick a med- guided meditation off of YouTube. I also have um, guided meditations on iTunes. Just, you know, just start with something really simple. Get out and walk. Uh, you know, we're in these bodies. These bodies are basically our homes. You know, people can say, you know, I, I live in an apartment. I live in a house. I live in you know, St. Louis, Missouri, whatever. No, you really live in your body and your home is wherever you take that body. So, you know, there comes a point in time, hopefully for people sooner than later, where they're like, I better start taking care of my house because it's either going to help me achieve my goals or get in the way of me living. Mm -hmm. And really the choice by and large is up to all of us to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I remember standing in a place of unhealthiness and looking at other people and seeing them really on the side of healthy, making good choices and um, being active. And I, I was confused about how I got from or how to get from the place of, uh, you know, kind of mundane stillness, depression to the place of healthiness. And so I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing your own journey, because I know that you had um, a bit of a traumatic childhood. So how did you grow from that into the practice of yoga, into building this this empire? Well, um, I got horrible migraine headaches as a child starting at six years old. And because no one in my household was really that invested in what was going on with me, um, I taught myself how to do guided meditation. I used to visualize myself on a beach or in the forest and kind of just focus on that with breathing techniques until the headaches passed. And after a while, I stopped getting them. But um and, and, and then fortunately, I've been working out since age 15. My parents divorced when I was 13, and my mother, you know, started going to the gym and working out, you know, being a single woman, and I started to go to the gym with her, and fortunately, um, discovered fitness at an early age. So that's always been my kind of go-to, but I've been through some very dark times in my life where I've been suicidal on more than one occasion, mm. and even, you know, took prescription medication, um, and... I think, and I know how hard it is for people when you're struggling to want to get out and go to the gym or whatever. And there's been times where I've literally had to like push myself out the door. But in in the you know quest to to push yourself, if you can find that momentum just to get out and get moving, I guarantee you that 20 minutes later you'll feel better. And I like to keep a journal or even a piece of paper on the wall still to this day about just tracking my workouts to make sure that I'm consistent with it. Because the more I move my body in any way, whether it's yoga, whether it's exercise, whether it's just out walking my dog, uh, the better I feel consistently. And for me, dealing with uh, trauma and depression, anxiety is just kind of an ongoing 
daily practice where I note the things that are going to make a positive difference. And even if I'm not feeling down that day, I still engage in them because I know too many days of not doing those things. And it's very easy to get into a dark place. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's a slippery slope once you start, you know, putting a toe over the edge there and deciding, well, I'm not going to do it today. Yeah, it really is. And and also just to remind yourself on those days where you're like, I'm not going to do it. And then you do it, even if you're sore and tired, which for me, like, because I do work out a lot, I, I you know, have a fair amount of, of uh, muscular soreness. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of getting out and like moving that lactic acid around that you'll feel better. But I think also finding different things to motivate you that you wouldn't think would be necessarily motivational for me, like using essential oils and peppermint, eucalyptus. I've got the spray I brought back from Brazil that's cinnamon and clove, like different scents uh, motivate me, perhaps just, you know, putting on my favorite lipstick color, Um, just those little things that make you happy, Mm -hmm. jot them all down in the journal, know what they are. Maybe it's drinking a cup of green tea and then use those things when you really need to and use those things even when you don't need to, because everything is cumulative Mm -hmm. and everything also operates as humans on a 24 hour cycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we might be doing exercise and it's certainly cumulative weight training, definitely cumulative. But then if we look at our day and it's like, Oh, I forgot to take my saffron supplement today or, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to just skip my meditation or, you know, I have that red light. I, I could shine it. You know, you can, you can buy those red lights off of overstock or whatever. They're not very expensive. Um, and a lot of people who are suffering, especially during the winter with seasonal affect disorder, um, very helpful to have those lights. You know, Maybe. again, just, just making time every day for a couple of those things that really make the difference for you. And they're going to be different for everyone, but knowing yourself is key. Mm-hmm. We should probably pause and um, and explain what the light is that you're talking about because I don't want people to go find you know a laser pointer and start pointing it in their eyes or something so why don't you walk us through that well um you know there's a lot of red light therapy right now you can um they were used a lot for facial uh, places would use them for uh facials and collagen uh rejuvenation but it really um turns out that it's good for our mood Again, a lot of people with seasonal affect disorder, SAD, use light boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we offer uh, through the True Dark company, uh, truedark.com. If you use the code YOGAFIT10, you can get a 10% discount on any of their red light panels. Um, and again, you know, using weighted blankets, I meditate with a 17-pound weighted blanket on me. You can get it from magicweightedblanket.com. Again, you can use the code YOGAFIT10 to get a 10% discount. These are little, like, additional add-ons to your daily practice that don't take a lot of time, that are not terrifically expensive, and that, for me, really make a difference mm-hmm. on a day-by-day basis. And I love um, the idea of writing them down. Good. Yeah, because you need to know, especially when you're in a dark place, you need to know what your go-tos are mm-hmm. so that you can be like, okay, green tea's got an amino acid, theanine, and it's got caffeine in it, so that caffeine's going to lift me up, but the theanine is going to balance me out, and 
I'm going to drink a cup of green tea because it makes me feel good. Or I'm going to go for a a 20-minute walk with my dog because it's good for him and it's good for me. So um, I I, I think also, like, I like to keep an exercise journal because it'll make you feel good when you look at it. You're like, okay, I worked out four times last week and I did this, this, and this. And um, I'm a huge fan of charting one's progress. Mm-hmm. because it's twofold. One, it allows you to keep track of, of what you did, and two, it makes you feel good about yourself. And I think that we all need uh, more things that make us feel good about ourselves. I never consider myself to be a runner. Uh, however, I I ran a half marathon with my daughter, and we're going to do another one in, in March. And, oh, good for you. Yeah, and I have a, uh, an app that I log runs, and, and I'll think, well, I there's no way I could possibly do this right and and when those when those uh those negative thoughts come running through my brain and then i'll look at the app and it'll say like i just pulled it open it said i had 128 runs under my belt and 332 miles so you know it's i certainly didn't go out and run 332 miles i went out and ran a mile or two at a time and um but you're right it it is cumulative and it does make me feel good when i feel like i couldn't possibly put one foot in front of the other to look at that and say well no actually you can and you have so i like that a lot yeah because you know that's that's a great way of looking at it it's just kind of like that 12 step one day at a time thing Mm -hmm. um you know, we, we all have negative self-talk. And one of the things we teach at Yoga Fit, especially in our level two training, is to recognize our self-talk. Like when you're practicing yoga, notice if you're beating your hamstrings up for being tight or say, I can't do this. And um, and then to shift your self-talk. It's funny, the other day I was doing a workout at kind of like this high-tech uh, fitness facility in Manhattan called Hacked. And it's computers that that can measure your eccentric and concentric um, pushes and pulls on the machine. And then it tracks your progress. So you can see if you can beat the last time you were on the machine. And I started to do, I don't like to have trainers like yelling at my face, positive affirmations. But I closed my eyes and I was practicing self-talk, telling myself I am strong and giving myself positive affirmations. And I actually did much better every time I gave myself a positive affirmation. Hmm. So again, part of that contemplative practice is and witness consciousness. Like I mentioned in my book, Yoga Lean, which then also gets into lean consciousness is when we're being a witness to how our mind is operating. We can then shift the self-talk and self-talk makes a huge difference. And I saw it firsthand on a piece of fitness equipment the other day. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat when you can, you know that it's the truth, but then you're reaffirmed in your own life with something. Right. Have you... Yeah. Oh, go on. No, I just, the self-talk is is, um, a key component, I think, to feeling successful Mm -hmm. with your practice, any practice. So everybody listening, put that on your list of things that make you feel good. You can have your green tea. You have to say some positive words to yourself and all of the other things that Beth mentioned because they're, they're great. I'm wondering, Beth, have you seen Yoga Fit for Warriors help other people? Do you have any specific stories that stand out to you um, where you say, aha, this is working? Well, it's interesting you should mention that because in my new book, Healing Trauma with Yoga, we have 13 different people sharing their stories of trauma 
and uh, their life experiences and how they then used yoga, yoga fit in particular, um, and Ayurveda meditation to help them. I don't want to say heal from trauma because I don't know that any of us really 100% heal from trauma, but we definitely learn to mitigate the daily symptoms that come up and cope with them. And there's one story that stands out because, you know, very, very few men really shared their story, but we have a gentleman who was in the armed forces in Canada and had to go deal with a plane crash that happened in Newfoundland um, and deal with the carnage. And after that, he became an alcoholic mm. and his way out was, you know, starting to take yoga fit trainings for himself and, and then starting to teach others and, and really, you know, has not only healed himself, but other people. And, and we get thousands of these stories. We've trained, uh, we've trained literally hundreds of thousands of people since yoga fit started, um, officially in 1997. And I, I have, it's not unusual for me to come to a yoga fit conference of which we have 15 a year across North American people come up to me, you know, with tears in their eyes saying yoga fit changed my life. And that, for me is, is, is the most worthwhile thing that I can be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. It gives you great purpose to know that what you're doing is healing your body, but also the mind and body of others as well. Well, thank right. you. Thank you, Beth, for your bravery in stepping out into the world of yoga and introducing it to the mainstream um, and for the work you continue to do. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. Um, And if any of our listeners would like to learn more, they can go to yogafit.com. And they can also go to bethshaw.com for different health tips and hacks and all of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you very much. Have a great day. That was a conversation with Beth Shaw, founder and CEO of YogaFit. You can learn more about the YogaFit for Warriors program at yogafit.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. Kindness.